0: Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put internally at your disposal.
1: So, before we just dive in, what were you saying about what I need to get, Bisk? Oh, I'll put it in an email or something. All right, all right. I I'll think fans might be interested, but yeah, just shoot me a list. Shoot me a list. How much, like, if I just went for it, man, and got into it? How much does that set you back? Any thoughts?
0: Uh, if you just went for it, meaning
1: um, took all your recommendations and just bought it all at once, you could spend
0: uh, upwards of a thousand, but you don't have to. You could spend more, like seven or eight hundred but you can also spend like 200 Hmm. Hmm. um it just depends on the on the pieces that you're willing to put up with that are kind of not great like right now your soundboard is not good but it's not it's that's adding a little bit of noise probably but it's not Uh, making it that much crappier but you can uh, just part of the reason i've been looking into it is because of the music stuff recording music and kind hmm. of experimenting myself and reading a lot of stuff online like what's the best way to cheaply um, do things that don't stink
1: right but i hate this soundboard now though that you said that i have to get rid of it it's a piece of garbage i hate it now that you mention it mine i'm a little repulsed (laughs) (laughs) just looking at it makes me angry
0: um i mean honestly I, i would if you're interested at all uh, and looking into it yourself i mean there's a lot of stuff uh, uh, everything i've learned about podcasting in the last six, last 6 years has been from the internet so just
1: email me dude just email me yeah <laughs> i right. like the I, yeah,
0: I like the idea of like building up
2: built like buying a <coughs> mic and then a nice mic stand and then a good soundboard and
0: i don't know maybe i mean the best the most important piece of equipment is your computer so but you mm, i got iPad. a dope computer yeah mm-hmm. i got a great computer
2: nice yeah did Santa we ever give it to me nice. last year?
0: I think it was
2: my mom. <laughs> <I know
0: you. laughs> she wouldn't lie to you. No,
1: <laughs> nope. nope. Did we ever get anywhere on our guerrilla marketing campaign that Mike came up with six months ago? That if we spent what was it, like fifteen thousand dollars, then <laughs> we could for sure make it big in podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, I'm still I, I'm still in favor of that. I don't know what we would need to do, but I am yeah. too. Hey, you know what they say? You gotta spend a little to make a little.
0: <laughs> we I, I have think, made no money.
2: I think that applies here.
0: <laughs> well, no, not true. We did make money off the t shirts, but I spent that on a new microphone. Oh. And actually, people have been That's spontaneously
2: right. generous to us as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's like what? Um well just
1: Megan Ulrich sent her her books. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's right. That was awesome.
0: Which, by the way, I spoke with her this week. um, And there's more poetry that she gave us a sneak preview to that I'll send to you. Oh,
1: sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um,
0: So, hey, how you dudes been doing? Yeah, good question, man. How you dudes been doing? No, I, I was gonna first, ask. Bro. I was
1: gonna ask how you dudes have been doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what did you, what did you get the drive by for there, Rob? That was, I think, the third grade class from St. B. Um, I think it was third graders. They're awesome, and they just did a little uh, parade. Just a little parade. I think they're going down to the pastors um, as well, driving by. You know, it's uh, just to say hi. Yeah, just life in cool. COVID man it was awesome yeah. it was great to great to see him they Had some cool signs um yeah one of the signs read best priest ever so what? sorry guys but it's official they better not have that sign yeah. up when they drive by the pastor <laughs> no no i was like hey you, you give me that right now uh, <laughs> that's one and done yeah one yep. and done you don't reuse yep. that mm-hmm. so that was yeah it was actually it was really it was really fun really great yeah,
2: my school reached out yesterday evening and asked me to put out a video to do a handstand challenge. I think to raise money for are y'all doing I Give Catholic Tuesday or is y'all school yeah, doing some anything kind of like
0: that? Tuesday giving thing today. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, send a video out challenging everybody with some instructions to <laughs> do to donate. And then you'll do a handstand. I'm like, all right. It'll be the best handstand you've ever seen. I just can, just talking smacked all those kids. Love it. Can you do a handstand? Yeah, hey, I awesome. think anybody can probably do a handstand. You just got to practice a little bit huh. and uh, get your balance going on. Anybody could do
0: a handstand, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, at least for a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I of the
2: Creed. I just want to do a, the perfect cartwheel. The perfect cartwheel, yeah. Just, just want to do the perfect cartwheel. Oh, did it! I, I think anybody can do. I mean, for the most part, mm-hmm. at some point in your life, everybody has done a handstand. I think. True. How about that statement? At some point in everyone's life, <laughs> everybody's life, you've have, done a handstand done for a sure. Handstand. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I guess I'm just realizing, g- growing up, we were like much more um flippy and gymnastic gymnastically oriented. I mean probably because my mom's uh past with trampolining and diving. Um but oh, your mom just, was a trampoliner. She was a trampolinist. Leanist. I also just realized when we use that phrase because of yeah, she was somebody's a trampolinist past
1: at like a really high level,
2: right? Yeah. She was yeah, she trampolined at the Junior Olympics and would travel internationally and all of her sisters, so she dove at University of Tennessee, um, and then all of her sisters dove collegiately and some professionally, like at SeaWorld and things like that, so so growing up, we would just get on the trampoline and flip and tuck and roll, and then we'd go to the diving boards, and but then we'd do some of that stuff like tumbling on the, on the ground. It just kind of came naturally for us, and uh, well, you know, you watch mom do it, and you're like, "Whoa, that's so cool!" And everybody wants to do it. So,
0: so your mom was still flipping and trampolining by the time you were you were all born. Yeah, I mean, she
2: she was flipping and trampolining like pretty. I mean, n- this is not a joke, but after like eight or nine kids, I still remember her out there trampolining, like
1: <laughs> in the backyard. I, doing, I was going to ask, did, could she do her a Could she do a backflip while holding one of her children ever?
2: Oh, I never saw that. I never saw that. Yeah. But, I mean, her technique, it was was just, like, really beautiful when she would do it. We would do, like, we would jump really high and flip and flail all over the place. But then mom would do it, and she'd tuck properly and point her toes, and you're like, oh, that's what that looks like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what that's supposed to look like. Not some psycho, like, Sonic the Hedgehog guy flying around, just flipping around in circles. So, so do you I think guess that's why I could, learn why to I do, I could a do it. Absolutely, really, absolutely, yes, yes. Wow, Rob, we could teach I you would... to do a backflip. I bet in, I bet in twenty minutes. You're what? saying a backflip. You're saying a backflip? on the ground, on the ground. Yeah, if you're athletically capable, I I can 100 percent teach you. Okay, well. <laughs>
1: Cancel this episode. Everybody <laughs> yeah. do.
2: Can you but teach resume? <laughs> I taught. I taught, uh, and I don't know if they listen to the podcast, but I taught two college students to backflip in Malaysia on one of the focus mission trips. What obey my dog within like twenty minutes? Yeah.
0: Okay. So what? I'm just curious, What are you? where do you start? Do you start by doing like a backwards somersault on the ground and just sort of telling them like, you're going to be okay. You're a really good guy. Like <laughs> part, part of it's really is the scariness. You need a coach. If you just believe in yourself. Yeah. Is that a
2: lot of that? I just go like Peter Pan on him. You're doing it, Peter. You're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> no, a lot of it is is it's repetition, it's muscle memory. So you learn uh, like the basic fundamentals. And so it's a jump and a tuck in a backwards motion. The tuck is absolutely important, absolutely crucial. Tuck your knees to your chest and grab your knees and pull them high. And if you can jump, I mean, like when I first realized this, it was watching some high school cheerleaders who weren't incredibly athletic, but they just practiced doing backflips and they don't jump that high. Mm-hmm. and they can get around a backflip no problem now gals have very strong cores and so i think that does give them an advantage with their rotation speed but it doesn't take a whole ton of athletic prowess i think that knowing where your body is in air is mm-hmm. is basically what you need
1: to get used to i don't and know how like much you, old athletic prowess i have left though dude so so <laughs> so know. check
2: this out so it's really simple okay so like one of the big parts of it. Is the fear of breaking your neck?
0: <laughs> that's well. That's right. The thing. Well, the same that's thing right. with skateboarding. <laughs> like, like landing yeah. a kickflip is not that hard, probably. But check out Except what you, you can... have to get over the fact that I might, if I step on this board in midair, it might flip up and hit me in the head. Uh, yeah. Whatever.
2: In the chin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then six scar, dude. Like stitches. You know. <laughs> it's the fear. I totally so so check this out so and let me tell you a story as well after this but so the skateboarding and i skated growing up as well and we would build ramps and um we we were into the x games and all that stuff and so we would do like big air stuff and we tried to build half pipes and we'd go to skate parks and skate ramps and things like that but you're right you couldn't we didn't have a foam pit that you could fly off a ramp and do a backflip into and be like, okay, now I know how that feels. Mm-hmm. Now I know what that looks like. But when you are learning how to do a backflip, you teach somebody the basic fundamentals. And then you can have either one or two spotters on either side. And all you can jump straight up. You could just jump in the air and try to land on your neck. And the spotters...
0: Okay, so you got the spotters.
2: The, and the spotters will either make sure you don't break your neck or flip you all the <laughs> way around. Yeah. Hopefully Ooh. both. Yeah. Ooh. And so you do like five or six of those. And then it's like lifting weights. Little by little, the spotters like remove their hands a little bit. And then you're like, hey, you actually did that one basically on your own. Like I barely helped you. And then mm-hmm. they do some bad backflips where they like barely make it around. But they're like, oh, wait, I can do this. You know, like and then it's like a back handspring type backflip where they're they're barely contacting the ground. And I, you can do it. If you are athletically capable, you can learn how to do a backflip, no problem. Wow! And, and and I would stand behind that. I want it. I want to do it, man. Yeah, me too. I learned at the beach because That's I thought, a good well, spot to learn too. Yeah, yeah. like I, I don't want uh, the sand is soft. You know, I can. So we would just climb up on top of rails and do like running backflips and
0: uh, <laughs> running slammers.
2: Yeah, we would do like gainers and front flips and. I mean, all this crazy stuff. It's when you're, it's mostly a uh, diving board move, but it's when you're running forward, but you flip backwards. Oh, yeah.
0: Those are cool. Oh, wow. And
1: and that's the same thing.
2: It was cool. Yeah, I remember when the oldest kids at the pool would do it, and you're (laughs) like, oh, my, what? What That's my dream. That is my dream.
0: (laughs) You're my hero. So that's a gainer versus like a backflip off a diving board would be you actually go to the end of the diving board and turn around. And exactly. Off, but yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, could I yeah.
1: like how long between then learning how to do? So you're just talking about you're standing there and you do a backflip. Is it mm-hmm. different from what like when your hands are on the, like the ones they run and then they like their their yeah like a the back
2: handspring or a
1: back um, handspring? Which like one's a harder? Running
0: back tuck. Well, it yeah. depends on. I mean, wait, say that again. A running back tuck handspring. So, <laughs> what were you asking about?
2: Yeah. So it would be. So you, have you ever seen like when the cheerleaders um, will get the running start and they'll do a cartwheel into a back handspring? Oh yeah. So there's like the momentum that takes them. Right. right. Um, it, I, I've never really been able to do those. I, that's not how I learned it. And so those are much harder for me, even though I think it's actually easier. Like you can get higher because you have more momentum, but it always just seemed like an extra challenge for me. And I didn't want to do that move. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. I had only seen cheerleaders do it, and yeah it's so good. it wasn't appealing to me. Um,
0: it's an insane move though
2: it's totally it's amazing. it hurts my wrist though i don't I don't like doing a ton of the handspring stuff mm-hmm. uh because there's just like rough, blunt contact with your wrist going on all the time, and huh. I'm not a fan of that but but it's the same thing with the diving board like you could when we were trying to learn tricks and things like that, we would put on shirts. So that if we backbustered or belly bustered, like, yeah, it's going to hurt, but you just get out and do it again. It's going to be okay. Like you're not going to break anything landing in the water. So you could just do insane stuff. We would just see who could rotate the most. Just flip Mm. like three front front flips. I remember I did that one time. But I, I remember I was getting, because you can do it very amateur, like, I have no, I have no idea what I'm doing. I can just flip. That's it. And so then I realized like, well, that's kind of cool. now I can start flipping off of other stuff. So you just stand on stuff and backflip off of it. And then I started running off of walls and doing backflips off of these walls. And that's one where that took a lot of like, I just got to get over this fear. And then once you can do it, then you really feel comfortable with it. That's Um, where you
0: can actually run up a wall. And go back and backflip off it? And, and backflip off it, yeah.
2: I uh, could do like a two-step running backflip, okay? So so in the prime of my stupidity... Is this the story you were going to tell? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. The, the prime of my stupidity slash confidence in my aerial acrobatics. <laughs> I was at a buddy's house and was just like was kind of discovering that I could do all of these things and the different ways that you could do the same thing, but off of a new object and it made it seem new and cool or whatever. Well, I saw this big tree and I'm like, dude, I'm going to run off this tree and do a sick backflip <laughs> in front of all my friends. <laughs> and I took off and like, not my first step, but my second step. Uh, well, because you know, the tree trunk is cylindrical. It's not a wall. <laughs> And so I plant on my second foot and I just, it totally slips. It slips right out from the side. So I have absolutely <laughs> no force propelling me away from the tree. And I like oh. upside oh, down man. dive into the roots and the trunk of the tree. Oh. Oh. It was it was so bad. I was like, well, that's... Never gonna do that again. So were you bleeding I that one the way. Yeah, I was bleeding on my head. <laughs> I I dove into a tree. <laughs> <'cause it's laughs> not my tree best. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mom taught me that one. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was a gymnast. I don't know if you know that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man. Well, I guess I kind of knew that you had this gymnastic as you said just gymnastic orientation but uh i didn't realize it
1: was so attainable that this was like yeah dude i i honestly because i've seen you backflip before but it's like i mean Mets, you were a division one athlete as well so i was always like well not division one
2: not division one i was a college athlete not d1s that's another
0: level
1: well okay anyway you played
0: at mundelein dude you're yeah, dude. that's what I'm players. talking like about. Yeah,
1: exactly. We're all college basketball players.
2: I played for the Lakers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. line Lakers. Lakers. Anyway,
1: get it. Get back to. I did not know it was attainable either.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And. I mean, I again, I, I've taught a number of people how to do it. Uh, I think the big thing is just getting over that fear of because you you have to commit to it. Like a lot of yeah. things, you have to commit to it, and then once you realize that you can do it and that you're committed to it then um you know that that whole fear of breaking your neck goes away and then just the basic mechanics
0: yeah. of uh of a tuck like it really can get you around in a hurry
2: I'm telling hmm. you you YouTube-
0: I think that there's a there's some memory that I'm accessing that I can't put my finger on that you're reminding me of that you know at some point you get this feeling unlocked that like oh I can do this um, and also the novelty of like now I know how to do this thing. Now I'm gonna try it in all sorts of different situations. Um As a kid, I, I think that's part of uh growing up is like discovering that you are capable of things that you didn't think you were capable of. The one that I remember in seminary was getting up in front of people and talking. I couldn't find my um somebody must have taken my homily or reflection out of the Yambo and I had to give it from memory spontaneously not knowing that i that i was gonna have to do that i was just gonna read it and uh i was so nervous but i got through it but it was like one of those things where oh i didn't die from that i thought i would (laughs) and then i never i never like read a thing in front of people again um i had it in front of me in case i needed it but right um like you just get over one of those little humps of like oh I might not nail the landing, but I'm not going to break my neck. Right. You know what I mean? That's such a, that's such a cool place to be because then you feel like you can grow, but you're also over some hump that's keeping you from growing, you know?
2: Yeah. And each time, e- even still now, like if, if a little time goes by, I have to kind of repractice it a little bit and, and reattempt to get over that hump. Uh, which is a which is an odd thing. It's not like a one and done thing. You're like, wait, am I can I am I still capable of doing this? And then you gotta give it another go. hmm Yeah. But then it's like, Oh yeah, I am. So I'll always kind of cheat a little bit and I'll do like a little put myself on a little bit of an incline just to give myself I, I really don't think it gives me a ton of advantage, but it's just a psychological thing. I you know, mean
0: like uh a- Facing uphill would that make it back? Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Do you remember the context of you not having your <laughs> script?
0: It was a seminary appeal weekend. Oh man, oh. When we had to like give talk after the gospel. It wasn't technically a homily, but yeah. Um, I think it turns out it was there in the ambo. It was deep in there, and I didn't want to like dig in it. It wasn't where I left it. So then I just kind of gave up, and I thought. Well, I mean, that was a good one to start with because it's basically just your vocation story, uh, which if you can't tell that from memory, then you're probably lying about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I did that and then uh, the next day I had it with me, but, you know, that was the Saturday night mass and then the next day I had all the Sundays and I just kind of got through it um, and it kept getting better and better. You know because it was more natural and relaxed i remember the first time i ever gave one of those talks at a parish i all i did was read it and i was so nervous dude my voice was shaking the entire time i had my hands in my pockets and uh yeah public speaking is so weird how as a priest you really get used to it um even like at daily masses I'll, sometimes i'll go up and i've prayed about it and thought you know what am i on a, what do i want to say about the gospel today? But I'm just not that stressed. And I think, well, I'm not I got a couple ideas, I'll just kinda of figure it out when I start talking. <laughs> like, you know, there's not a lot of people that are that comfortable in front of crowds. They just be like, Well, I'll just say whatever the spirit says in the moment. Which is kinda of cool. It is in a way doing a backflip. It's easier than it looks, but it's uh it's scary to not to do it and not think you're going to break your neck Yeah, rob did you have any um i don't know about
2: childhood fears where you had that same experience you're like oh i can't do this
1: mm, i trying to think nothing's coming to mind i'm sure i do yeah um I mean I riding your
0: bike is probably one of the first ever, right? Yeah. Riding a two wheeler. That's a, Yeah, like riding your bike. I mean th- that's, that's actually pretty pre-
1: I guess what I'm thinking is it's actually pretty present. I don't know that it I'm thinking of that I ever like thought about it, but um but a lot of times, yeah, it was like I remember like starting to get accepted to colleges. Be like, oh, like mm. I can do this, you know, yeah, type that's thing. That's a good example. Um remember Yeah, I remember um I mean, even a couple of times in high school, a few times in college, like, um, asking girls on dates, like that never mm-hmm. really got easier, but it was just like, okay, but I also, I didn't die in asking, you know, <laughs> I remember that thought. Yeah. And so, um, Would yeah. I get real nervous
2: present. asking gals.
1: Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Real, real nervous, real nervous. Um, would you, bisque? Sorry, I missed the question. What was it? Asking gals out in college.
0: Did I ask did you girls get, out in college? Yes.
1: Did you get nervous? Uh, yes. <laughs> no. Yes. That was it. Yeah. I was very nervous.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Sorry about that. Yeah, I would get nervous. That's a good example. Also, like the junior high ones, asking girls out, cool. especially because that was so, everything about that was scary. You're like, what would it, it even mean if she said yes? <laughs> you know? I hope she doesn't say yes. <laughs> I don't want her to say no. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, that sums that up. You're just it doing a help.
0: gainer right into the foot of a tree, right there. <laughs> yeah, a girl out in seventh grade, just headfirst dive right at the roots. <laughs> Says no point, and looked at from afar, looks pretty ridiculous.
1: Yeah, no, but that that feeling is, um, yeah, that is funny. I guess in thinking about it, I I don't know that. I mean, the last girl I ever asked on a date, I was working for Focus in my second year, I guess. And, yeah, I cannot remember a single time taking a girl out on a date and not being nervous asking her Mm. ever. Um, But the experience, like, it did get easier. Like, right after you think you're going to throw up, you know, you're just like, okay, I'm still alive. (laughs) Um. yeah but I think that, that overall that feeling is pretty like pretty present of like oh no I can like I didn't die from this I like that Yeah, huh, it is pretty yeah. present yeah that's, that's a cool you discovery can. yeah <laughs> that's a cool discovery so apparently I'm gonna at 33 I'm gonna learn how to do a backflip man <laughs> which I'm looking forward to
2: Look, as long as you have a spotter and someone to flip you around, legitimately, yeah. I mean, you may not like ever be able to fully get it on your own, but I mean, you could, you could get close to it. You could at least get some sort of a backhand spring kind of a deal, depending
1: on how high you can jump and whatever. I'm going to get it, dude. I'm going to get it on yeah. my own.
2: Don't break your neck, Rob.
1: <laughs> yeah. All, all of a sudden neck. you're changing your tune. You went from uh, pretty much
0: everybody everybody's... And the world has always done a handstand. I said and that. anybody I could teach anybody.
2: Not even a pretty much tutel- I said that.
0: You, yeah, could do a,
1: uh, you could do a backflip easily in 20 minutes under my tutelage. And, no, and now you're like that is oh, maybe
2: is. you'll never get it on your own.
0: Yeah.
2: No, yeah. no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not with Rob right now. And if you go out and try to do right. backflips, you're gonna break your neck on a tree, bro.
0: Do we need to do a <laughs> uh, a disclaimer on this episode? In case kids are listening, we don't want to get sued.
2: Okay, all three home. dogs north listeners, if I'm not standing with you while you're doing a backflip, <laughs> I can't be held responsible for whatever happens to your neck. Or no, toes. Yes. I'd always smash my toes. My feet would come flying around. Oh. Um, you said something that made me think of uh, something that all of my siblings have told me uh, when it comes to asking out girls and just that whole feeling of here comes a new challenge and I'm totally terrified. And then once you get over it, you're like, you kind of look at it in hindsight and you're like, what, why was I, that was such a big deal at the time. But now it seems like nothing. It seems kind of silly that I was even afraid of that. But all of them had dated. Well, now their wives for, you know, like a number of years and obviously knew them really well. And they all talk about the moment of asking them to marry them like Mm. proposal That they Mm -hmm. were all totally terrified, (laughs) like super duper nervous, even though they knew them, they knew that they were even probably going to say yes. Um, And, you know, they had people there to support them and all these different things that were positives and that would indicate this isn't something to be nervous about, or at least you don't have to be afraid of this. But it was such a big thing that, yeah, they would all just get super duper nervous. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What is that? Because that's, like, that's not a fear of rejection at that point, I don't think. Like, yeah. that nervousness. In talking to, yeah, like, buddies and... Um, I was actually there, yeah, th- the day that my brother proposed. It was on U of I's campus. Um, and, I mean, he was a nervous... He was, like, a basket case, like a nervous wreck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not, like, logically, it's not a fear of rejection, though. I don't know, maybe deep... Seated it is. What is it?
0: I I have no idea, dude, but the other night was uh Jamie's birthday and uh somebody from his like young adult ministry team that he leads emailed me and said she wanted to drop off a cake and they were gonna do this whole Zoom call surprise, uh happy birthday. She's like, Do you mind like I can text you right before this thing? It's gonna be at this time, and you can like light the candles and bring them in, and it was gonna be this whole thing. Um, but like really low stakes, dude. But I got really nervous as I'm like hiding this cake that she dropped off. And then (laughs) like, I, I kind of like was a little bit late, uh, getting the candles in and I could overhear his zoom thing in the kitchen and I hear my hands are shaking. I'm like, this is so low stakes, dude. Like, it's just (laughs) Jamie. It's not. (laughs) It's this birthday, like birthday cake. It's a work birthday cake surprise. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I think it was? I think anytime I'm doing something like it's just a little bit more affectionate or loving or friendly or, you know, you just make yourself vulnerable, especially I imagine if you're asking your future wife to marry you. Hmm. Um, It's just like asking her out the first time, you know, like thinking about some of the ways that maybe I uh didn't didn't step out enough in like the riskiness of asking a girl out and so made it a little bit more on her to like interpret that's what i was trying to say you know like people now they text and whatnot oh man you know like just really low stakes it so that there's not
1: as much three dogs north North listeners don't do that though no they don't do that
0: do you know
2: what they do well i'll say when you finish what what acts what what they do in high schools now okay
0: not a fan what do they do? Well, they do like... They comment on their photos and say, hey, do you want to chill sometime? No, I guess it was like uh, preparation for the Coronas.
2: Uh, but they would ask each other out with signs. So like what if, you, if you... I mean, they would have like a, a poster board and it would say, will you go to homecoming with me?
0: Oh. We used to a, do that in high school.
2: No, 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 no. This is different. This is different. This is like, <laughs> this is like. We uh, are on the
1: verge of sounding like such old men. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> no, like, uh, 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 yeah. oh,
2: this is, this is so, I, I got no, this theory. No, no, no. The kids these days are way <laughs> dumber and
0: <laughs> lamer than us.
2: I t- I used to really enjoy finding fancy ways to ask folks out, but. But they won't actually come up and say, "Will you go on a date with me or would you like to come mm-hmm. to homecoming with me and And so they'll right. have somebody hold up a sign for them that points to them and I mean it's elaborate and i I guess it's kind of cute, but I also think it's like a big uh people are terrified of it, and it's terrifying
0: this is This is what I'm saying is like looking somebody in the eye and yeah. saying like "I really like you is scary." Even if you know that they like you too. Um, it's just a super intimidating versus like, say, what I was talking about with public speaking, getting up in a, in front of a bunch of people and starting to talk about something I know something about is not that scary. But one person uh, in this really personal way, thats uh, I, I don't know why, but emotionally it just kind of makes you more jumpy and so i could see how your brothers are freaking out oh you know, you know that this woman is going to say yes right i think it's just the just right response out there oh totally yeah. i and i don't know exactly why it's almost but, fight or flight yeah. absolutely it's, it's almost like a fight or flight nervous system response
2: yeah you know for I mean? sure but like why why does that kick in and, and right. maybe mm-hmm. it is because it's just such high stakes that's like i mean really like My life, you know, when you're proposing marriage to somebody, you say, I want you to be a part of me and my life forever. And to have that hanging by a word, by a word, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mm. that is, that's very high stakes. So maybe it's just the, the gravity of it. And I, I mean, I remember, I remember talking to you about it, Connor, when we came down, when you came down for my ordination. And, uh, you know, it was a similar experience. Like I, I knew that this is what the Lord was calling me to. And I could logically walk through all of the reasons why I shouldn't be nervous and shouldn't be like, there's nothing to worry about. It's going to be fine. Yeah. I know all that. I know all of that. And I believe that this is the call that God has for me, but I was still very nervous coming up for ordination and, yeah. And I remember the moment when you have to turn around, well, when the church um, says like, hey, we accept you or we don't accept you. And then the vocation director usually speaks that on, on behalf of the church. And then everybody stands up and applauses as saying like, yeah, we accept you as candidates for the priesthood. We accept you. We think that you'll be suitable priests for the church. And it's, it's that, that's almost like a moment of proposal like, yeah. will you have me? And then the church erupted. And that was, a that was a huge moment for me turning around mm-hmm. and our bishop had us turn around and see the crowd. And you see the faces that are like, yeah, I want you to be a priest. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love that he's... moment in the oh, ordination. Yeah. Oh man, that thing just, uh, but, but why? I, I don't know, but I think it's similar. You know, I, I think it's the right response with the engagement and the proper discernment and preparing to lay your life down, Um, you know, in a similar way, like that was the turning point for me in the actual rite itself was the moment where I said, Hey church, I like you. And the church said, Hey, we like you too. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you're like, Whoa, that was, it's intense. That was nerve wracking, which I wonder if that's kind of what goes on in prayer as well which is why it's so tough to say, like, to be there with Jesus and to say, hey, (laughs) like, I know you love me, I know that, but it's still really hard to sit here and, and to sit in the tension or the intensity of, of this human relationship, you know, like, what, what is that?
1: Hmm.
0: Do you ever just get, like, this morning I was praying and, like, it kind of happened to me where... you get a little bit of that butterfly nervous feeling you have no idea where it's coming from? It's so, it, maybe it's something like this where it's just some deep sense of uh if I really if I really open myself up here there's the p- possibility of like being rejected at my innermost core or being like really seen and and loved and liked and that's exhilarating. Uh, or maybe it's just because it's like I'm nervous about, or anxious about something I'm worried about in the future. But it's too deep in there, interwoven for me to even really know what's going on. But it's just weird how that'll bubble through sometimes. It's kind of like I started reading *Severe Mercy* finally.
1: Nice. Don't ask I'm me gonna... about it though,
0: because I haven't. I've only in like the second chapter.
1: How is it? Tell me about it. <laughs>
0: no, but the first chapter he does talk about the falling in love with her and how it was partly because she also experienced the pain of beauty mm-hmm. um, and has that first experience he had of looking up through the sticks of the trees in the winter where the, all the leaves were off and he can see the stars and the black night behind the tree. And I don't know if he was like 11 or 12, but he felt that pain of longing in the beauty. Um, yeah, but it's like, who can say, I think that I've experienced that, but who can really say like the emotional depth when you're alone with your thoughts like that, or you're just praying. Um, the human heart is so dang complex, man. Hmm. Um, But to feel connected like he did, I'm just, you know, a couple pages into him falling in love with his wife. But um, that connection that they have on not just the attraction level, but like as the night goes on and they like the same poetry. They, uh, one thing he makes him fall in love with her is that she doesn't. She's not one of those screechy girls he despised. Like when he almost (laughs) gets in a car crash and she just like smiles and doesn't yell and scream and act all scared that's the first time he kisses her um yeah it's a well told story but that there's a lot going on there heart-wise
2: yeah i i started the book little women
0: um, oh yeah yeah Rob sent it to me for my birthday and I don't know. I have to look. That the almost pump. feels like if you didn't know the context, it would almost feel like a kind of a roast to send you little women for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, have
1: hey you Rob, read that book? About, huh? yeah. No, but
0: I remember you talking about it.
1: Yeah. It's so He's good.
2: <laughs> so, like, and then he so sent he... you a,
0: a DVD of frozen
2: <laughs> frozen too. Okay. Um, so he sent it, and then my rule happened where then two other people recommended it. And I was like, okay, well, now I got to read it sitting right here on my bedstand And so I'll go back and forth for that and Dante. But um, I don't know who the publisher is. I have to look. But the whatever copy it is, it's like the most enjoyable book to hold and turn pages with. Hmm. I love it's those. this. Oh, my yep. goodness. I love it. I spared uh,
1: no expense on that gift. Okay. Dude, thank you. It's so Absolutely. appreciated.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. It, Yeah. Um, but I haven't gotten to the line itself in the book yet. Uh, and this is maybe going back to some of the earlier points that we were talking about with the fears and the hurdles and then kind of looking back and seeing things differently um, after crossing over a hill. but. Uh, I haven't gotten to the line itself I'm assuming it's from Beth just based off of the type of a line that it is but on the front cover it has a number of quotes from inside the book and it's kind of cool to to read a little bit more and to get to know the characters and occasionally you'll cross one of the big lines that they have um, highlighted on the cover and on the back and say like oh look Joe said that or oh there Meg said that and and then as you get to know the characters, you can look at a line and start to say like, oh, I bet this comes from Beth. Knowing, oh, Beth, that's such a Beth thing to say, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not even that far into the book, but I'm certain it's Beth. But You're she has deep, this line. Sounds like. I, <laughs> 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 Those little ladies. Um, yeah. I, there was one of the lines that stood out to me. And especially coming from that retreat, but also is similar to some of the stuff that we're talking about. Um, she says, I'm not afraid of storms anymore because I'm starting to learn how to sail my ship. Hmm. I'm not afraid of storms anymore because I'm I'm learning how to sail my ship. It's something, I mean, that, that's pretty dang close. Um, but I, as soon as I read that line, I was like, yeah, that's, I love that. I love that because... I think many times, and Rob, you and I were talking about this a little bit, but many times my prayer is make like really take this cross away, and I know that sounds cliche, like don't do that, and everybody always prays to have their crosses taken away. That's a lot of my prayer. Jesus, come up from the boat and calm all of these storms like i that's such a cool image and it, and it is and it's great, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think there's also another way that the Lord works in us where he he's given us the ship the this little little boat inside of us this little kingdom and he teaches you how to steer it so it's like yeah there's gonna be some storms but that's okay like you you actually can navigate this boat even in the midst of of craziness and storms and difficulties and things like that here and there so you don't have to be afraid of them anymore because you're actually becoming a great sailor and I, i think a lot of those same things apply it's like you don't have to be afraid of that anymore, not because it's not scary, but because you're actually more capable than you think that you are. Yeah. And now you've experienced that and know that in a different way. So then you're not even you're, you're going through life, not avoiding storms, which is, I think, how we do a lot of things. But you're going through life sailing your ship.
1: Hmm. Yeah, man yeah that's good man I mean it relates i i know that that conversation was awesome the other night to to catch yeah. up and everything, but uh it's just and we may have talked about this on the last podcast, um but it's the realization, yeah, coming off like the retreat, certainly, but it's just a continual thing is that yeah, very oftentimes a deep encounter of communion with the Lord and like living your life there and staying there. Is that it doesn't like change ex- external circumstances, but somehow it changes you on how you can see them and then receive them. And it's like, I, yeah, I just listened to um, this formation talk from uh, the rector at uh, Kenrick Seminary, and um, he was talking about the like the longing and the ache of celibacy. Um, and that was oh, man, it was a beautiful, beautiful talk. Um, and that was, that was something that has been huge for me, like in, in the last kind of few months after a couple of years of priesthood and, um, and, and specifically on retreat, which was awesome. That's just a like very concrete part of, um, my life, obviously that I received as a, as a gift. Um, but it still kind of hurts sometimes in a lot of ways, like it makes us long for, I mean, heaven is, is the only way to, um, to say it. And yeah, it's just, but how he talked about it, it was so, it was so good of like, Hey, if you, um, will actually go to the Lord with like these deep, deep longings in your life. And even if, even if something's been like, like disappointing in a way or surprising or if it feels like a lack or something like that like to be able to receive that in communion with the trinity then all of a sudden it doesn't take like pain away but it's also it's not the same pain as like an infected splinter or just something that like you're terrified to look look at or or it feels like a you know just a landmine that's in your heart and it's only a matter of time until someone sets it off. But rather like it's an experience of like communion with the crucified one. And so like that becomes a prayer then in your life. And it's so dang hard to articulate on all that. I mean that's it could be anything. It could be anything in a life. Um because the what you ultimately are saying is like, hey, that's that's like a a place of just incredible like intimacy and union with with Jesus. And it's not going to look very different from like the world standards or eyes, except for how you're able to receive it. Um. So it's just I don't know. It's just this like beautifully personal God um that we have in in that way that it's like but it's painful as as well. And I love that image though, Mike, of yeah, like catch yourself how often time how often you're asking the Lord to take away storms. And like he could be teaching you how to like that just that ship image there. I like that man.
0: Yeah, me too.
2: That's very beautiful, Rob.
0: Yeah, thanks, dude.
1: Yeah.
2: And thank you, Beth.
1: Thank you, Beth. Oh, I next. Think it was Beth. Man, that book's going to wreck you, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Three dogs north are Juice, Seabisc, and Michael Metz.
2: Good girl.